Hey, and welcome back to the Shit You Don't Learn in School podcast. This is Calvin Rosser, and today I'm going to help you crush your next interview. So I do a lot of interviewing for my job and have done so for years, and I see candidates make very avoidable mistakes, and I think some of it relates to the heaps of bad interview advice out there, and also just not kind of understanding the process through which people evaluate candidates. So I want to give you an insider look there with six different pieces of advice. The first is to know the interviewer's context. So there are recruiters who work on people operations functions, and they spend their time sourcing candidates and interviewing. You usually talk to those people in the beginning of the interview process, and then down the road, you talk to hiring managers and other people at the organization who are making different evaluation decisions. And for those people at the later stages, I think it's important to know a couple of things. The first is that many times they're very busy and or tired. Your interview may have been slotted in between three other hours of meetings. And so the person just gets to the interview, they hop on and they're trying to reorient and context shift. I found that a lot of people who do interview are very uncomfortable interviewing. That was my experience during my first few. I actually happen to enjoy it now. I like the part of getting to know people, but some people are very uncomfortable with interviewing and are forced to do it anyways through the nature of their job. So taking those two things into consideration, it's really important to try to make the interviewer feel comfortable and at ease early on in the interview. And I'll talk a little bit later about some of the ways you might be able to do that. A couple other pieces of context. As an interviewer, I do do a decent amount of prep work looking at people's profiles. I look at your LinkedIn profile. I take a look at your picture, your job titles, buzzwords that fit with the role we're hiring for, I look at your bio and how you describe yourself, and then I also look at the notes in the system from the person who interviewed you before to figure out what they learned and anything that they may have called out. And sometimes they do call out red flags. So if you feel that something didn't go well in your first interview, you might be looking for ways to correct that in the second one. While I spend probably 15 to 20 minutes looking at candidates and preparing I know a lot of people who spend zero to two minutes doing that, and it's not their fault. They're just really busy and only have a few minutes to quickly look at your LinkedIn profile. So just keep in mind that people may not have had a chance to see your resume and all the work that you put into it. And so it becomes your job to clearly communicate things about yourself during the interview. Two last things. During every interview, I have a rubric by which I'm evaluating a candidate on certain skills. And I often will have different types of questions that help me do that and prepare those in advance. But just know that the interviewer is trying to get something from you in that interview. Roughly speaking, I think there are two types of interviews. There are qualitative or behavioral ones and then more technical ones. If I'm conducting a qualitative interview, I'm interested in your motivations, your curiosity, your self-awareness, things like this. In a technical interview, I'm more interested in some somewhat of your motivations, but also your technical skills and then your strengths and areas of weakness within those technical skills. And so those two interviews will look really different. And it's important if you can to try to suss out what type of interview are you in. Now, I think it's unfair to expect candidates to be able to do that. So I try to set the stage depending on what the interview is. I would recommend anyone who is an interviewer to do this as well. It helps make for a better interview. But if it's a qualitative interview, I'll say something like, the purpose of this interview is to help you learn a little bit more about the company and for me to learn a little bit more about you. And so if you are cool with it, let's keep this fairly casual. That's a cue to the self-aware interviewee that I don't want you to 
hit me with a bunch of rehearsed and technical answers. And I'm trying to keep it casual and set the stage. Doesn't always work, but I find that it helps lead to better qualitative interviews. The next piece of advice relates to the tell me about yourself question, which appears in one form or another in most interviews. I think a lot of people get this wrong by doing something like trying to tell the interviewer their entire story. I find that a lot of candidates spend six to 10 minutes telling me about all the different career moves and details of each company. And that's really not the right approach from my perspective. I think the right approach is to quickly and succinctly do the following. Say who you are, why you're here, and why you're credible. I found that in general, that is the information that I want to know, and then we can move the interview forward from there and go through all the other many questions that I have and the ones that you have. So let me give you an example. Let's imagine that I'm applying for a head of growth position at an early stage startup, and I'm going to focus on who I am, why I'm here, and why I'm credible. I would say something like, hey, I'm Calvin. I never thought I'd be in marketing, but here I am. I stumbled upon marketing after a brief stint in investment banking, and I joined a mid-stage startup in a growth generalist position. And so I did everything from SEO to affiliate marketing to paid search to paid social to conversion rate optimization to thinking through uh, how to improve our product to customer interviews. I really covered the whole gamut. And what I fell in love with almost immediately was the psychology behind marketing, the quantitative nature of it, which surprised me, and then also how you could just ideate a bunch of ideas with your hypotheses and test them fairly quickly and to see which ones worked and which ones didn't work. And there's this very experimental nature behind it that tapped into my desire to understand people and how to communicate with them that led me to pursue a bunch of different marketing positions at small to mid-stage companies. And so I learned about your company through a friend. And just in researching the business, I was kind of fascinated by your mission, which actually aligns very closely with my mission to help more people. And that's something that's really important when I think about my next role. And then the second thing is I looked at some of the growth channels that you've been using so far. And I think it's really creative what you guys are doing. And I see a lot of opportunity where I'm able to leverage some of the things I've learned at other businesses to help you grow. So I'm excited to get that conversation started and to see if there's a mutual fit. So that's not perfect. That's just sort of off the cuff, but it's different from what I usually hear. And if you were to use an approach more like that, you might be able to engage your interviewer more directly and clearly and have more success in your interview. One way to think about this is the answer to tell me about yourself is rarely, if ever, impressive. And so use another part of the interview to be impressive and don't waste that tell me about yourself time with boring the interviewer because that's going to shoot yourself in the foot. So the third piece of advice is around how to answer questions. And something that really grinds my gears, and I'm sure it's true for other interviewers, is don't be too rehearsed. Think through your experience, think through your strengths, weaknesses, etc. But don't have canned answers for everything. And certainly don't be reading those off of a screen, especially if you're doing a remote interview. It's blatantly obvious to me. Here are a couple other tips. If you need to think about a question, instead of charging ahead and trying to think as you speak, pause for a second or two or five and say, hey, let me think about that for a second and then go into your answer. You're likely going to have a more thoughtful answer and you're not going to fall into this trap of rambling about something that either doesn't answer the question or that shows that you're not really thinking very deeply. 
That relates to another point, which is if you don't understand what the interviewer is asking, just clarify. It's so much more helpful if you're on the same page and you're actually answering the question that was asked. Finally, if you don't know something, don't pretend like you do. Just say you don't know and you'll get back to the person. Some of the more impressive things that I've seen that many interviewers like is if you don't know something during an interview, you go and research it afterwards and then you follow up about that particular topic. And I think that shows a general thoughtfulness, but also is a good signal of what a good employee would do. Generally speaking, I think a good philosophy for being a good employee is I don't know, but I'll find out. Too many people say I don't know, and they stop there. Here's a fourth piece of advice. Know your areas for growth, or in other words, what you suck at. I think when you understand what you're not good at, that exhibits a level of self-awareness and humility that is actually very different from what most people exhibit. You have this common question. I think it's a bad question and there are better ways to answer it. What are your biggest weaknesses? I would restate that as something like what are areas in your personal and professional life, whether they're qualitative or technical, that you would see yourself wanting to improve on? It's not a perfect question, but it's, I think, a little better than what are your weaknesses? Most people who answer this have this terrible canned answer about working too hard or being too dedicated or whatever it is. And that, that does nothing for you. It shows me that either you're not self-aware or you're not being honest. We all have different skills we want to learn. We have areas that we haven't been exposed to. We have things that a job requires that we may not be very good at. And if you're just honest with that, you say, hey, I've had this experience in growth marketing, but I really haven't done that much on the email writing side. And it seems like that's an important part of this role. I've done some writing in my personal life, but you know, that seems like an area where there might be a steeper learning curve for me. I'm pretty confident that I can get up that curve, but I'm just calling it out because I know it seems important for the role. That actually opens a discussion for the interviewer to be like, oh, hey, yeah, I totally get that. I actually wasn't qualified for a lot of parts of my role. And just by hard work and moving up the learning curve, I was able to still be very successful. And I think that will lead to better outcomes for you. So basically, actually think through your areas for growth. And on the flip side, definitely know the things that you're strong at. Another big piece of advice, simple, but so often not done well. Ask good questions. Questions are often the last part of the interview. I think above all else, they show how curious you are, how collaborative you are, and how well you can engage an interviewer, which is something that I would look for in a colleague as well. So here's a general idea behind how to ask better questions. And that is the following. Use what or how questions. Don't use yes or no or why questions. So I'll give you an example. If you want to understand the culture of a company, instead of saying, do you like the culture of the company? You might reasonably say that and think the interviewer will give you a good answer. I think it's poorly structured and really doesn't incentivize the interviewer to give you a thoughtful answer. Instead, you could say something like, hey, when I'm thinking about my next role, something that's very important to me is a company's culture. And I want to make sure that the culture of the company is aligned with who I am. Otherwise, there's sort of this natural disconnect that bleeds into my work in unhelpful ways. And so I'd be curious to learn from you how the culture has evolved over time and what your experience is with that. That type of question is just going to get you a better answer. And it also shows that you're a more thoughtful person. Here are a couple other question pieces of advice. I think it's really helpful if you can engage the interviewer in thinking about his or her own experience. 
So you could say, what do you most enjoy about your role at the moment? Or what do you not enjoy? How do you see your role evolving over time? What are the most exciting parts of that? Those types of questions. And then if you want to learn a little bit more about how the interviewer is evaluating you and what success looks like in the role, you can ask things like, what does success look like in this role? What would the first one to three months look like? And how does that differ from what the role might look like in a year from now? Because lots of roles evolve over time. And this this will allow you to get information from the interviewer about how they're thinking about what success looks like, which will give you more information about whether this is a good fit, but also help you later in the interview process. You can also ask something like, what would you want to know if you were in my shoes? It makes the interviewer empathize with you. And that's a good thing. And it's not interviewer versus you. It's two people having a conversation. So I would really focus on the questions and depending on whether the interview is qualitative or technical, I might change the structure of those questions. I probably would ask some combination of both. In my example about a head of growth role, I would probably dive into some of the business metrics and other curiosities I had about their acquisition channels and supply chains, et cetera, things that would be interesting for me, but also exhibit that I was the type of person who was thinking about their business in the way that they want to for the role. Here's the sixth thing. It's really simple. It's not even advice, but it's just an insight. And that's that interviewers want the interview to go well. There are a few things more cringing than a bad interview. It's awkward. You feel like you're wasting your time. You feel like you're wasting the candidate's time. And it's just not that fun. And the reality is sometimes you know within the first five minutes or so that you don't want to hire someone. And if you're scheduled for 45 minutes, even if you're not the right fit, you know, do your best to make that an okay conversation between you and that other person. Because if you can find a way to do that, there could be even other opportunities that open up for you. I've interviewed for roles and been piped to other departments and gotten jobs that way. And that may mean that the interviewer immediately says, I'm not a good fit for this. But through the conversation, I've, you know, proved to be a fit for something I didn't even know about. So I would definitely just encourage you to know that the interviewer wants the interview to go well. They want to hire people. They want to have a good experience. They want to do that quickly because interviewing is, you know, one of their tasks that they need to complete. Another thing around this is just if you can make the interviewer feel at ease, that's a really, really good skill. I think you can do that in a few ways. One would be just slowing down. The pace of the conversation, if you slow it down, will make the person feel at ease. And that's really powerful if you can do that well. Another would be to do your research on the interviewer. If you were interviewing with me, I literally have a website that spills the guts of my entire life, what I care about, the things I struggle with, etc. You can learn tons and tons of information about me in 15 to 20 minutes of searching on the internet. And there are probably ways in which you can use that information to better understand me as a person, to understand what I care about, and to find points of connection that you might be able to drop in natural ways. I don't really like the approach of, hey, I saw on your LinkedIn profile that you did X. I find that to be awkward if someone says it like that. But if you found out that I'm an avid traveler and you can find a way to say that you're an avid traveler in one of your answers, that might just be a natural point of connection that I may not even recognize to you, but that helps me feel more connected to you as the interviewee. And I think that that can work to your advantage. Finally, if you don't get the job, that's okay. Often it has nothing to do with you being a bad candidate or even doing a bad job in the interview. Something that I've found is job descriptions do a very terrible job of communicating what a role actually entails. And that's because typically people who prepare the job descriptions 
I'm including myself in that bucket, hack together the job description from a former description and are just doing it in sort of a rushed, not thoughtful way about how do you best communicate what this role is for the person who doesn't know much about the company and is looking for a job. And so I think job descriptions are often not very accurate and sometimes not helpful at all. And so the interviewer, even if the job description isn't good, has a reasonably good sense of what the right fit is uh, culturally, what the skill set required is, etc. And you just may not fit that for one reason or another. And if you're getting rejected, it's actually a good thing because if you were brought on, you would not be that likely to be successful. So I really would not take getting rejected personally. I found a lot of amazing people and amazingly talented candidates apply to a role that just wasn't the right fit. But I will keep them in mind for future roles that may be a good fit. So always do your best to leave the interviewer with a good impression and don't take it too personally if you don't get the job. Okay, that's it for some of the tips. I have lots and lots of other uh, thoughts on this and I might do a second podcast at some point. But these are just some initial thoughts on how you can hopefully crush your next interview and to be a step above the people who are just reading the simple articles on Google that give you standard advice that I don't think represents what interviewers actually want. I hope you found this helpful. If you want other advice like this, I would encourage you to subscribe to my weekly Sunday newsletter. It's at calvinrosser.com forward slash newsletter. It's called Life Reimagined. It's designed to give helpful resources and advice across every area of your life, something similar to this. It's practical, it's simple, and it's no nonsense. So if you're interested in that, definitely go there to sign up and subscribe. Thank you so much. And until next time. (music) 